Good morning, podcast listeners, and welcome to the Knife Journal Podcast, episode number 55. I'm here with Kyle Verstig. My name is James Noka, and we are having a glorious early morning rockin' podcast session. Yeah, we uh, woke up with a bang this morning. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We had a, um, had a, uh, a interesting uh, conversation going on on the telephone, and Kyle said, "You want to just podcast?" <laughs> And that's that's usually how most of these podcasts start. Is like we just kind of get uh, we're in a phone conversation. I'm like, uh, let's just podcast. Yeah, <laughs> it saves let's, time. Yeah, let's, let's let's record this because this is pretty good. Anyway, um, we we were talking about knife promotion this morning, and um, and I know this is going to be probably controversial, and it might hurt somebody's feelings, but. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. It's it's time that this gets thrown out on the table. Okay, let me let me start. Okay. I, I'm going to use myself as an example. Okay. Okay. Um, because you can say whatever you want about me, and it's not going to hurt my feelings. So I'm a you know I've been a knife maker now for about a year. Um, there's nothing really super special about my stuff. Uh, you know, it's good quality work. Um. I have some original designs. A lot of my stuff is uh, based uh, is based on modifications of other designs. Like the knife that bought my grinder and my buffer was a modification of the Marine Raider Bowie. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I'm doing good work, but you know it's not super special. Um, yet I cannot make enough knives. Uh, every five minutes, somebody's messaging me on Facebook, uh, wanting me, uh, some of my stuff. Okay. And, and, uh, I don't have a website. All I have is a Facebook page. I don't like advertise. Uh, I have Instagram, I have Facebook and, you know, really that's about it. You know, um, because it's about likability one of the things that i've noticed over the years and and guys i've been doing this for a long time i've seen i've seen young knife makers come into the scene that do okay work they have a they have a great personality and they sell knives and and stock removal guys i'm going to say this probably a little more stock removal guys than than uh, guys that that uh, smash hot steel because that's a whole different realm of guys start making Damascus and that kind of stuff and but and it takes a long it takes a lot longer to learn that craft than it does to learn stock removal. Um, I mean, a guy can literally buy a grinder, um, you know, 100 pounds of steel and a buffer and some epoxy. And you can start making knives, and eventually you'll, in relatively short order, you can have something that that's very saleable. Um, so so that's why I gear this more towards stock removal guys because their stuff, by and large, is very similar. 
And when I say similar, it either has an outdoor flair or it has a tactical flair or it has a sharpened uh, pry bar flair or something. There's something about it that is, it's in one of those genres of knives. It's, it's very duplicable. Yep, yep, very, du- very. And, and so what happens is um, you get guys that will show up on the scene and there's guys that have been around for a long time and they're, they don't sell a ton of knives. They're, they barely have enough money to pay their electric bills and they're struggling all the time and they can't understand it. <clears throat> and then you have guys that are that show up on the scene. They've got um, they're a, they're a, they have a boisterous personality. They're nice. They're boisterous. They're fun to be around. They're entertaining. They're they they're just generally nice guys. And all of a sudden, they're doing well in three years, and it just irritates the snot out of some of the guys. That and I'm going to tell you right flat out, it's all about personality and your and your likability. As a as a knife maker, has has very little to do with what your knife looks like. Um, yeah, because, because like if I said, it, if because it a was, skill set is developed in a short period of time, that, it, that yeah, it you can <clears throat> you know this is why I encourage people to try their hand at knife making because I'm not like some genius guy or something. You can pick up knife making in very, very short order to, mm-hmm. to be able to do stock removal. Now, if you try yep. to add some forged elements, it, it gets a little bit more complicated and it gets a little harder. But by and large, within a year, you'll be making stuff of really, really good quality. Yep. Um, yep. You, you know, especially if you push yourself and you try stuff and you try projects that are just one step beyond uh, what you're currently capable of so that you'll yep. have to learn a new skill. Um, where do you start with it? Go to a Bark River grind den. Yeah, um, yeah. It may be a long ways from you, uh, but it's going to be worth it. If you go to, I, I literally went to one grind den, and I was good enough to make knives that I can sell. You know, yep. and you know, the point being, I'm nothing special. I'm not super smart, yet I can make knives. Okay, mm-hmm. it's not that hard to go from not being able to do it to being able to do it. You're going to have some equipment investment um, that you will very quickly pay off. Like it, it was literally one and a half runs of knives, and I'd bought all of my equipment, including a forge and an anvil. So, you know, it's it's worth your time to do it. Uh, and, you know, using, again, using myself as an example, I'm nothing special. My work is nothing special, but, you know, I'm able to sell knives. Yeah. Uh, well, like, like I said, I, I, I do believe that that, that is the big component that a lot of guys miss. Um, you know, if you have a, uh, now there, there are some exceptions to the rules. So there are some assholes that sell, that do phenomenal work stock removal work that are um, everything is absolutely precise and perfect and they sell knives that by they don't sell probably as many knives as some of the other guys but um, but there are guys out there but there are other guys out there that have that that have a great personality and their knives are just kind of so so but they work and they're you know um, and they're reasonable priced and you know, the guy's happy yeah. when he sells them, and he's happy when you meet greet him at the table and at a at a show. And you know, I mean, it's I tell you, it it makes a huge difference. Um, 
you know, if you're if you're a Debbie Downer all the time, you're not likely to to get a lot of friends hanging around you. You know, but if you're if you're a happy individual and you're you have a nice personality and you you know speak and treat people with respect, um, you'll find that that goes a lot more a lot farther than your your skill set. <laughs> well, and, and the other thing. Uh, there's something else that you don't have to do and that you don't have to be. Okay, you do not have to be uh, some crazy Navy SEAL special forces high-speed operator to sell knives, okay? Because clearly I'm not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was never military. I was never LEO, okay? But I'm selling knives. You mm-hmm. also do not have to be Jeremiah Johnson, mm-hmm. okay? That's not that's not part of my marketing. Being mm-hmm. like, you know, some high speed, low drag, ninja guy, or you know, being like Jeremiah Johnson. You don't you don't have to do that. And just, you know the funny part about all that stuff too. And, it, and this always cracked me up. And just because you are Jeremiah Johnson, what makes you think that you can design something? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You know, that's that's the part that kind of cracks me up. Just because you can jump out of an airplane, what makes you think you can design a knife? Yeah. I mean, there are, and 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 there are some guys that can jump that did jump out of airplanes that can design knives. Right. But that doesn't it's not a criteria for it. They they could have designed the same knife without jumping out of an airplane. Yeah, you know, and, that's and, a, and, there, and there's interestingly you, having never ever jumped out of an airplane and having never ever had the desire to do so the guys who do jump out of airplanes who do you think i'm selling my knives to yeah <laughs> yeah that's 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 at, kind at of at least funny two of those marine raider bowies are are over in the hands of active duty military and one of them is actually in the hands of a marine you know so you really don't it, it it's hard for me to say what you need other than just be nice to people. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> and that, if, that and is, if you're that, not happy and if you're mad about something, figure that out. You yeah, know, yeah. I'm not a counselor, but I know that like you know, if you're not in a spot in your life where you can be happy and figure out what that is, um, figure out what it is that's bothering you and stop being like so bitter and such a jerk to people around you yeah Um, because sooner or later you're gonna burn every last bridge and then you're gonna have nothing yeah so that is that is true i tell you what figure out what's wrong and before you start like piping off to everybody all the time yeah um anyway uh (laughs) very true very true that was a so so let's uh let's move on from that because that's we're, we're gonna beat that up pretty bad yeah yeah but but i think it's i think it is important and and um, just friendly, friendly advice. Yeah. And, and uh, a year ago, before before I started making knives, I would not have known any of this. Mm-hmm. Okay. I and uh, you, you know I wouldn't have had any credibility to talk on it because I hadn't sold knife number one. Yeah. But you know, just be be nice. You know, talk to people. Uh, give people credit. Don't steal their designs. Yeah. Um, if you're borrowing well, elements and, of design from someone, what? give them credit. Give them credit. You know what's interesting about that too. Is if you look at whoever is successful, they'll point out guys that they like. 
Mm-hmm. Guy, knife designers that they like or knife makers that they like that they think are doing a good job. Yeah. They'll point them out. You know, there there isn't a, you know, when if on a scale of, of, of 1 to 10, if you stacked 100 stock removal knife makers, all their, their knives on a the table, there probably isn't 10 or 15 points difference in the quality of their workmanship. 10 or 15 points. Maybe 20, okay? Yeah. All of them workable knives. All of them, I mean, if you take, okay, you take, we've been talking a lot about bushcraft knives lately. Mm-hmm. Take 100 makers that have made a bushcraft knife. Put them on a table, flip them over. You'll have a hard time. What the hell is that? Come here. Something, something, a bee must have put a bit of my butt. Come here, Stormy. Anyways, if you put a hundred of them together, you put a hundred of them together, um, you probably won't find 20 points difference in the quality of stuff that they're making. Because they're, they're virtually the same, I mean, it's the same design, the same, or similar design, similar workmanship, sim- I mean, materials are very materials similar. are very similar. So what what makes one a, a successful knife maker and not the other? And that's the whole That's the whole that's the whole point of this operation. Come here. Come on, Stormy. Oh. Stormy. Come. Come on, out the door. Yeah, that's the and that's the difference between between a successful knife maker and a non-successful knife maker. Is the fact that he is uh, probably got a personality. So. Well, I- anyway, um, <clears throat> speaking of uh, knives and such, uh, wanted to give a shout out to the Jersey Devil Forum. Okay, like um, I have a login over there. I have a grand total of six posts because <laughs> the the place uh, it's a little intimidating for me. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, there's a at least when I first joined, there was a lot of content that was kind of not safe for work um, or it's safe to have on your computer if your wife is walking by or if your kids are running around. So um, it was from that perspective, it was a little bit intimidating. Uh, and then you have some fairly large personalities there. Um, and I, I don't, know everybody there and so it's difficult for me to kind of navigate who's who and i i just don't post a lot well uh i you probably got an invite as did i from uh ron lad the magnificent yep to uh join in the uh jersey devils halloween build-off um which is going on and so you remember i made that uh that stabby pointy combat dagger thing Mm mm-hmm well I'm not going to do anything with it. Uh, I don't want to make another one. I want it to be a one-off. So I just entered that. <laughs> nice. Yeah, because it's uh, he showed a a uh, a photo of the you know the the evil guy from Ghostbusters that right. painting. Yep. Um, well, he showed that photo, and I'm like, oh, I have the perfect knife for that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and so I I put that in there their uh, build-off, but I, I don't know really what happens to them. 
when you're done with it, but... Uh, oh, you got to give it away. Yeah, I, I'm happy to give it away. The, the winner had... No, I'm, I don't know what they do with it. Yeah, That's me cool. neither. Because I, I really am not going <clears> to <throat> use it. Um, I'd like it to go to uh, uh, somebody that would actually use it, but there's not too many uses for that. <laughs> no. There's really only one or two uses. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, Did you... What, you went camping this weekend? Yep. I went... Uh, I went out again to the same place with the cabin and all that. Um, I know that's like weenie leagues, but I've got oh, three you know what? Girls. You got three girls, three young young ladies. Yeah. yeah, and just the fact that I'm able to get them out there with, uh, you know, no screen, right, and uh, all those sorts of things, and just kind of get them used to being in the outdoors, and that's that's the main goal. I mean, I can take them out and beat them to death, and make them sleep under a tarp but like you know they're not going to have that much fun <laughs> right, and they won't want right, to do right. it again <laughs> right so so we stacked wood this weekend oh yeah yep um, do, you, do you do it uh like they in the grants forest brooks they every one of those comes with this little book and they show how to stack it like in a circle oh yeah do you no, do it I like that mine all, no i stack mine all inside oh i stack uh actually i shouldn't even say that my wife stacked most of it and she stacked eight face cords of wood how much is that for people that don't know that term eight, eight face cord is is uh like in terms of pickup truck loads oh it would be probably two probably two face cord per pickup truck load so f at least four pickups at least four pickup loads wow yeah. It's 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 a it's the stack the wood pile is sixteen foot by six foot by four foot deep. Hmm. So that was what she stacked inside this, and I got to and and I got to cut uh. I got to cut another probably maybe fifteen. And I'll be done this year. Nice. Yeah, we've been burning wood now for almost a month. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, and it's supposed to snow uh, this Friday. So oh gosh. Maybe it's snow on Halloween. No. Well, well, this is supposed to be the last warm day here for a while, which could mean it's the last warm day for the year because last year, right around Halloween, it turned cold and it never warmed yep. up. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's hard saying. I don't know what. Uh... Hey, I did hear. Oh, did you hear over the weekend that there was a. Um, a four-year-old kid that came back from West Africa with uh, Ebola. No. Where'd you hear this? That, I just heard that this morning on the news. And, I, and I, I just heard a glimpse of it, just a bit of it. And it was the way I, I guess he's in isolation, but I didn't hear what, what city he was in. Why isn't that he, on Drudge? He was a, he was a four-year-old kid that had spent some time in West Africa and uh, had a... Um, 103 fever when he went to uh, went went to the ER. Huh. So let me Yeah, I haven't I haven't I haven't I haven't been able to I haven't seen that. Um Did you see that uh Cuomo and uh uh Christie have uh, I, instituted quarantines? Yeah, it's a 5-year-old. Oh. 5-year-old boy. What's where what source are you looking at? New York Post. Oh boy. 
New York Post, a five-year-old boy who just returned from West Africa was transported to Bellevue Hospital Sunday with possibly Ebola symptoms, according to law enforcement sources. The child was vomiting and had a 103-degree fever when he was carried from his Bronx home by EMS workers wearing hazmat suits. He looked weak, said the neighbor. He was really, really out of it. The boy returned with his family from Guyana Saturday night, and five members of the family were being quarantined inside their apartment, sources say. Hmm. Well, in uh, the, I've had uh, patients from uh, Guinea, is probably where they're talking about. Um, I've had patients from there, and every single one of them that has had 103 fever has had malaria. <laughs> yeah. What, what did I say, Guyana? Yeah, yeah. Um, but in, uh, in you know, I, Ebo, here's, here's going to be one of the problems now, is that we're kind of coming up on flu season, right. and uh, the symptoms of Ebola are kind of a lot like flu, um, and uh, they're kind of a lot like a lot of different things, especially like malaria, mm-hmm. and... Uh, I mean, until you're at the late stages, okay? When you're at the late stages, you're bleeding and all these sorts of things. And I, I've treated malaria. I've seen a lot of malaria. Um, and I have not seen that um, with malaria. I have seen it with uh, dengue. But I have not seen bleeding um, like that from uh, malaria. Well, um, I, just heard, I just heard this morning on the news, they were talking about the, about the band, the Cuomo and... Christie band that there's a lady in New Jersey that is she came in with a hundred degree hundred and one degree fever on her forehead and uh, so anyways okay so where were we we were talking about Ebola yeah um, oh I'll, I was saying uh, let's you want to clap no it's fine okay. Um, this young lady flew in to Newark, into the airport Newark, Newark, and she had a 103 degree temperature, and they quarantined her in the hospital. And so she's going to sue, she wants to sue, um... No, I think, the, are you talking about the nurse? No, she, this is somebody that she, that she had a, a fever, and the fever broke or something, and she tested negative for Ebola, but she still has the 21 day... Um, they locked her up for 21 days and they're saying that, uh, she's claiming that her rights were violated. Yeah, but I think, I think she was not, I, I think that she, if I'm, if we're talking about the same one, I think that she did not have a fever and that's why she was so pissed. Oh, she just flew in from that area and, and, uh, yeah, but she'd been in contact and as soon as she flew in, they, they, uh, threw her in in uh, quarantine or what have you, locked her down. Yeah. Huh. I thought I thought she had a, um, I thought she had a fever. No, I think um, no, I, I, it it said that she was asymptomatic and uh, that meaning she didn't have a fever and that she's been had a blood test for it twice and both have been negative and she's kind of pissed about that. Um, which, you know, we're going to have to have some sort of a, a determination of what, if you, if you go over there, what happens to you when you come back and it's going to have to be, you know, we're going to have to hash it out and figure out what's fair because it isn't fair 
that you go over there and come back and uh, get a fever and go bowling and go on a subway ride. Correct. You know, that's not fair to everybody else. Correct. You know, and and even if uh, even if nobody catches it, the, the problem is is that it's pretty... I mean, you're going to cause, like, a lot of people to freak out. I don't know if you saw the... Um, the front covers of like the different New York papers, but uh, people were pretty well freaked out by the fact that 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 happened. And then uh, the morning that it happened, uh, you know, so there was Thursday, and then Friday morning, um, I I always wake up at about five, and that's that corresponds to the first uh, broadcast on uh, of news on NPR where I live, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, they started off the broadcast like totally freaked out. They were fumbling words and all these sorts of things. They were freaked out, even if even if they didn't, you know, want to come out and say it. And they they kind of have to toe the the party line on that. But you could tell they were shaken by it, you know. And these yeah. are people that supposedly are so brilliant and know more than everybody else, you know. So it's it's really not it it's kind of like saying you have a right because you have first amendment right to free speech you have a right to go into a movie theater and yell fire because mm-hmm. that's basically what you're doing um and we we just don't know everything that there is to know about the transmissibility of Ebola clearly it's more transmittable than they're saying it is because so far Every person who's caught it, except for one, has been a healthcare worker. Right. And those are the people that are going to have, and I'm talking about the United States, those are the people that are going to have contact with them. <clears throat> well, you know, and that, you know? like I said before, it cracks me up. I don't understand why this is happening. Why, why uh, you know, if these people have just become so lackadaisical in their, in their uh, protection? I, I don't know. Um, I, I do know that, uh, you know, if, if you would expect that anybody is not going to get infected, it's going to be somebody that has training not to do that. You know, you so <clears throat> to me, that's a that's an indication that it's a little bit more um, virulent than than we understand it to be. Uh, but I could be wrong. You know, I have I, I'm wrong a lot, people. <laughs> I just am. Bark River Knives offers the best combination of ultra-modern CNC components and old-world craftsmanship. All Bark River Knives are hand-convex ground and sharpened to perfect cutting geometry for the task they are designed to perform. Bark River Knives are available through our authorized dealers. Okay, so I wanted I wanted to bring up uh, uh, the No Agenda podcast again. Uh, you know, when people send us suggestions and they, um, you know, they say we should give something a listen, uh, 
almost always I will follow their suggestion and give some things a listen. So I, I've listened now to a whole shitload of No Agenda podcasts, and I'm not listening to any more. And here's why. Are they why. depressing? No, they're not. They're they're conspiracy theorists. Okay. Okay, and I, and I have two examples for you of things that where they take something that is it, it it they're searching for a reason to declare conspiracy. They're they're coming at it from the side that there's absolutely a conspiracy and here's evidence. And every every time something every time one of their, you know, kind of pet conspiracy things is disproved, they move on to the next one. You know, it's just a never-ending stream of things that are easily disproved that, you know, but, you know, they just move on to the next one without acknowledging that the old one was, was bunkum. Okay, so here's, here's one example. Okay, on their show Thursday of last week, uh, they had a guy call in about the uh, ISIS, you know, they dropped supplies to ISIS. And right. or they, and one one of the drops went to ISIS. So they had this right. guy call in. They claimed to have this quote unquote global intelligence network of like people who know what they're talking about. Well, this guy was supposedly part of their global intelligence network. Who, uh, he, he was some sort of a munitions expert for our military. This is what he was claiming, and um, he looked at the the video of the ISIS guys unpacking grenades and stuff, and he said, those are 1970s uh, pineapple grenades. Uh, and they're not even live ones. They're dummies. Look at the hole in the bottom. Mm-hmm. So I watched I watched this video, like, immediately after I heard that. And me not being any kind of an expert on the different kinds of grenades, like, I would know that you pull the pin out, and like quick throw it and run away. That's all I know about grenades, right? <laughs> so I posted a question on my Facebook page uh, to crowdsource it. I said, uh, because there are people on my Facebook list who absolutely know grenades and have pretty much thrown every single grenade known to man, mm-hmm. right? So I said, guys, what what is this grenade? Um, they, they look like those stupid uh, training grenades that you can get at any gun show right? Help me out here. What is this? And it didn't take long before Tim Stetzer ID'd them like beyond a shadow of a doubt as being Russian F1 grenades with the firing pins removed. And then we found that, you know, they're, they're shipped without the firing pins and the firing pins are in a little metal case that's also in the crate, right? And it, it, it took us no time to completely debunk that entire thing on uh, the No Agenda podcast, okay, but they were using that as a as a tie-in to prove another one of their conspiracy theories, which is that after the Smith uh, Smith Munt Act, uh, you know, we're just being completely you know misled and blah blah. And they were probably they've been on the air for seven years. The Smith Munt Act thing went down in with the uh, defense. Uh, authorization bill in 2013 so january 2013 you know and you know before then they were claiming some other thing and and i you know we're being propagandized but it has nothing to do with the smith munt act being modified okay the smith munt act pertained specifically to the state department 
it said nothing about any other branch of our government. So, like, Department of Health and Human Services can legally propagandize the shit out of you. Okay, the State Department is one teeny tiny little arm of our government. Um, rel- you know, relative to the entire size of the government, it's one department. And the act was um, w- addressed only one department. Okay, so it's basically, if you're trying to say that we're being propagandized so much more after that act, you're, you're describing a fart in a whirlwind. Literally, it's such a tiny, teeny, tiny little part of, you know, and they're just they're just going way off the deep end. <laughs> you know, they have like they're, they're making a, every little news story. They'll say that you know, look, this is Smith Montact, blah blah blah. It's like, okay, you, you know, probably there's there's a little bit of truth to it, but like half the stuff that you're, I'm not even going to say half, but like when I can find like easily a story where you, you just you know, claim that this guy calling in has this expertise and all this, and he's part of your global intelligence network, and it's disproved within like five seconds on my Facebook feed. Come on, guys, you can do better than that. And I'm not going to listen to it anymore because, you know, even if you disprove that, then they'll come up with five more examples, and after you disprove those five, they'll ban you. Right. <laughs> You know that's that's how it'll work. That's how that always works. And they're yeah. they're they're in it. Uh, they they have these people that write in and send them checks for weird numbers, like three thirty three thirty three. So so guys, you know, hardworking like normal guys will send them a check for three hundred and thirty three bucks and thirty three cents. And it's like every show, all these people are writing in, sending them like odd combinations of numbers, but big dollar amounts. What? You know. And it's like I know I know why you guys something? are doing this. You're stirring a bunch of people up that are halfway, you know, halfway paranoid anyway, and you're just giving them like more and more and more and more paranoia. Meanwhile, <laughs> claiming that, meanwhile claiming that you're anti-paranoia because the government is doing that. Right. You know, you can't be a conspiracy theorist goofball. And claim to be anti-conspiracy propaganda theory goofball. Yeah, you know you can't talk out of both sides of your mouth. So that's right. that's just my opinion after listening to about a dozen shows, so about thirty-six hours. Um, and uh, anyway, you're just not doing it anymore. I'm not doing it anymore. Um, I gave it very very much due diligence. <laughs> yeah. So well, I think a lot of those guys. Uh, you know, I, part of the problem with Stormy, stop that. Part of the problem with with these guys is they they they're they're usually relatively smart people. Yeah, and these guys think, are both brilliant. Yeah, and they think that, and they and they they apply that level of intelligence to everybody else and every other and every other job. And so when you look at when you look at things from that perspective, you go, okay. Um, what would I do? I sure wouldn't do anything. I'm not that stupid. I wouldn't do that. And then you start figuring out, you start going, okay, well, if that wouldn't be the normal way to do it, why would he do it that way? He's a smart person. Why would he do it that way? Unless there's some other motivation. Yeah, they're they're trying to make a very complicated, uh, very complicated explanation for something that's really simple. 
people like are just fucking stupid, stupid okay? <laughs> and they do stupid shit. It, it's yeah. not that they're like brilliant, um, you know, tools of the Rockefellers and, the, you know, the Rothschilds. My, and all. You just stop with all this nonsense. But I heard this morning that um, <laughs> this guy was saying that the news media has, has proclaimed Barack Obama as being one of the most brilliant presidents of all time. And my, this is like at the, I don't know, probably like the 6.15 hour on one of the one of the news shows. And, and Kathy looked over at me and she said, are you kidding me? <laughs> she said, who's saying that? And I, and I said, well, the news media, you know, they kind of carry his water, you know, so. Yeah. Um, she's like, he is not the smartest president ever. That's ridiculous. <laughs> no, Jimmy Carter. <laughs> no, like the, the whole point is, is like, uh. They they see such a level of incompetence and they see so much bungling that and this kind of started back with uh, with Rush and and granted like Obama very very much may be the guy that wants to fundamentally transform America into a uh, socialist whatever like that may be true um, but I think that. Like all the stuff that he's fucked up are are like actual genuine fuck ups. Yeah, you've got a I, guy I, that's never had a fucking job, never. Yeah. Like, what was his job? Never, never had nothing. Right, never started a company, never did anything, never managed anything, never had. He voted present when he was a senator. Present. Yeah. Okay, you've got he a never guy made with a no life experience. <laughs> he he makes it to fucking late forties with no life experience, having never had a real job, and you expect that he's going to be able to run the country? I don't understand how you do that. I still am, I'm still befuddled by that. I I wish I knew, dude. I, <laughs> I wish I knew how to do that. I would I I would like to hop on that gravy train. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I'd like so to know like who the I, hell. Like, like you say, I, I just think they're giving people way too much credit. <laughs> people are fucking stupid. <laughs> you know, yep. you know, they're too stupid to conspire. <laughs> <laughs> you're it just takes seeing, planning. You're just it seeing, takes... yeah, you're just seeing a chain of unending fuck-ups and human <laughs> incompetence. Well, like, look. It's not a grand scheme. They're just stupid. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of funny because when you think about and, and this has been the, this has been one of the topics of discussion lately, uh, at at like the diner and the hardware store and that kind of stuff. And it's if you have a if you have a man that is supposed to be running the CDC, you usually have to have some kind of skill set to get there. Yeah, just being a doctor is not enough. No, like I couldn't being, run the CDC. You, it's it's you have to be like the guy that develops, um, or, or or understands infectious disease control and develops um, uh, a management plan in like that every hospital in the country d- adopts because or, it's such a or, great plan. Or you have you have massive experience in in controlling outbreaks. Yes, you know you've yes. gone overseas. You've worked in these areas. You've done these things, and, and you like, and you probably have worked for the CDC for all this time, or the military. Yeah, because the military has the same kind of branch, doesn't it? Uh, that do, that does like a, mm. a parallel. Yeah, I don't know, but I know the military has to deal with outbreaks a lot because they're living in close quarters and. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
So, so you have to have some kind of skill set. So the guy that's running the CDC now organized doctors for Obama. Yeah, that's his. That's his. That's his skill set. Or, or the guy that's that? the Ebola czar. Do you you want to know what his big accomplishment in life was? What's that? He green lighted the Solyndra project. Oh yeah. Where where Obama basically gave uh, five hundred million dollars to a company that went bankrupt two days later. Yeah. <laughs> and and our, bonus our tax all the dollars that work. And, and our everybody like that crazy work. amounts of money, millions and millions of dollars, and those guys yep. just skated away from their stupid idea. Okay. Stop with this solar panel crap. What happens when there's a cloud, dummy? <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I- I've tested solar panels in high desert sun in noon. Okay? Come on, people. Come on. Just stop with it. You're yep, going to technology... throw a half a billion dollars into something? Stop it. Yeah, the, the technology just isn't there yet. It just isn't there yet. <sighs> you know, that's the that's the, the, the whole funny part about this. You know, the, getting there. Yeah, it's um, it's like you have, you have uh, states now that are that are requiring catalytic converters on wood burning stoves. <laughs> you know, and you you look at them going, how the fuck, how the hell do you possibly think that that's going to be different than a forest fire? I mean, are you going to require us to put a Oh wait, we're gonna. There's a forest fire coming. Better get that gigantic catalytic converter and put it over the smoke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you know? don't know. Yeah, you the, might, the, you might, you might burn heating your house for the entire year. You might burn two trees. <laughs> yeah, the, they they the, have a forest. They have one forest fire in in uh, California, and it burns yeah. all the trees that all people living in the United States burn for an entire year in one week. <laughs> But yet the wood-burning stove is like, you know, oh, my God. And, and I'm going to tell you, that industry is, is, is getting banged up over this. Um, yeah. They're doing a lot, to, uh, you know, they're doing a lot of damage to that. My, the stove that I put in, it's kind of funny because the stove that I put in, the wood burner that I put in, isn't, isn't a wood burner. It's a multi-fuel boiler. It will burn coal, it will burn corn, it'll burn pellets, it'll burn wood, it'll burn shredded tires, it'll burn freaking anything you put in there. And um, the reason I the reason I did that was because we have available to us other sources besides wood here. We have cherry pits and we have pellets and we have shredded tires and we have uh, coal. And and I wanted to try some of these other stuff, uh, this other stuff too, because sometimes it's a little cheaper. Than wood, um, wood is big and heavy, and you know, and and coal, coal is actually supposed to be better, uh, actually better suited. It's probably one of the more efficient um, materials that you can solid fuels that you can burn. Yeah, it's very uh, it's very dense for for calories for weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and well, and and dollars too. I yeah. guess um, dollars per BTU, it's considerably less than wood. Wood's pretty cheap, but but coal is cheaper, you know. So so I wanted to. So that's why one of the reasons I put the stove in that I put in, which is kind of funny because in one of the states on the East Coast they banned all wood stoves. Okay, you can't you can't put in an outdoor wood boiler anymore. In in this, I don't remember which state it was, but one of the states on the East Coast. Yet you can buy my boiler there because it's a coal boiler, because mm-hmm. it's considered a coal boiler. 
and it doesn't have a catalytic heater on or a converter on it or nothing huh. so anyway knife wise uh what I are you gonna carry today of, i used the shit out of my knives this weekend yeah me too <coughs> i did the traditional um, uh fire thing you know where you you prep and do all of it with a knife and waste a couple hours but and then all the fun is over in like literally a second <laughs> like the flash in the pan <laughs> right i i up, i uploaded my uh a video of the ignition to it it, it literally is over so fast that you can <laughs> upload it as a video to instagram <laughs> like what is that is that six seconds it's it's uh the the i think the video is like 10 seconds or something literally yeah. it's me That's going funny. with the sparker and the, the fire going woof. Like did, you, did you use your bushcraft butter no i just used a vaseline cotton ball but it's it's you know doing all the prep and all that yeah um and uh it, it it's over like all that work and only just a few seconds of uh fun but used uh <laughs> used the uh the uh spring buck a lot Mm-hmm. Uh, I played that's with. Good, that's a nice knife, isn't it? Yep, I played with uh, Tim Stetzer's. I dug that out. The Blind Horse Knives Bushcrafter. Played with that. I played with the Spiderco Bushcrafter, and I played with that Splitting Splitting Mall by GB. Now is that that's a full size one like the one I have, or is it a small one? It's got a shorter handle on it, but it's the okay. same weight. Really? Yeah. I, I think we have the same one. If if you get yours out, have you ever noticed that the handle is pretty short on that? And I guess I didn't really notice. Huh. I mean, it, I hit where I hit, where I aim. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It didn't feel like it was an... I, I guess I never noticed. I'll have, to, I'll have to compare that to uh, my regular, my other splitting mall. Yeah, let me see if they have um, more than one model. Um, mine has a pretty short handle on it. I know that they. I know that they made one. They make one for uh, like they call it a camp one. But but I looked at. I thought it was about the size of like their hunter's axe. I thought that was a really short hand. No, no, my it's got a. It's got a uh, handle that's uh, about the length of armpit to fingertips. Um, oh, mine's longer than that. Mine's longer than that. Mine's like a like a full size. Sledgehammer. Huh. I'm not seeing the, the splitting mall on here. Maybe they're not selling to Amazon all that much anymore. I'll see if there's any other models, but I, you know, mine is the same as yours, as as I remember it. I think we have the same one because I've used yours. Mm-hmm. Um. I think you'd be surprised. It's uh, it's um, let's see, Grand's Forest Brooks uh, splitting mall with collar. Yeah, that's what I have. Yeah, splitting mall. Splitting mall. Actually, they call them splitting axes. Yeah, Grand. Okay, so that they must have a large and a small. Large. Um. Yeah, they're calling it a splitting. No, yeah. Let's see, small splitting axe. Maybe that's the one that I've got. Yeah. See, and I, I well, think they've I got have a splitting. splitting they've got a splitting maul. Yeah, that's what I have. And then they've got a splitting axe, and then they've got a small splitting axe. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I thought... don't have the small splitting one. Okay, so you have the large splitting axe. 
So what's the, oh, let's see, the handle length on that is 27 and a half inches. The handle length on the splitting maul. 31. Yeah, so it's it's four inches longer. And the head is heavier too, I think. So you're looking at a weight of... Um, Five pounds as opposed to eight pounds. Yeah. Seven pounds. Seven pounds. Anyways, I know, I mean, I've got an eight and a ten pound... What's really coming down outside? I've got an eight and a ten pound uh, splitting maul, mm -hmm. and this seven pound maul splits circles around it. Hmm. Absolute circles around it. Yeah, I, I like mine. I, yeah. I don't, I don't have any. I have not had an issue number one, except the handle is a little bit shorter than. Yeah. Um. Let's see, uh, 30 it's seconds. It's probably easier, uh, I'll tell you what, it's probably easier on your body. Yeah, I, I mean, it's not, it hasn't been any issue. Hey, 30 yeah. seconds here. Other knife stuff. Let me see if there's anything good in the knife news. Uh, I don't. I don't know much. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I. I uh, oh, oh! Playing. Officer kills man in Queens brandishing a utility knife. Uh, nice. In the New York Times. Uh, so they shot him. I guess. Um, there's police tape and all this. I'd have shot him. Yeah, I mean, I you don't have a right to fucking cut me up. No. No. No, I just shot him. No, I'm I you know it's funny, uh I fear that I fear getting cut more than I fear getting shot. Uh I don't know why I don't I'd know why. Get cut. <laughs> I don't know I don't know why. I think the I think the possibility of getting cut like like in your neck or something scares me. I don't know. So, um, so Walking Dead was on last night. Oh, yeah? The, the latest. Oh, the brutality. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have TV, so I can't watch the new stuff, but I do have Netflix. The, the, the brutality. You need to catch up, dude. I think you can watch them. I think you can watch them online. Um, mm -hmm. I, I know that seems like that's what my... 
there's a kid that I know that watches them, and he doesn't have TV either, but he watches them, like, right after they're, somebody posts them on, however they do it, I don't even know, but mm -hmm. some website has them. Do you have, um, do you, are they showing any, uh, have you been able to figure out what any of the knives were? <clears throat> um, not yet, and I haven't dissected any of the, of the images yet, um, I did, oh, I know what I did, I did see one last night, I saw one of these. What are you what are you holding up there for our folks? I saw a, this is a Land K um, EOD knife, and I did see one of these yesterday. I'll Instagram this actually. Okay. Um, they uh, it was kind of funny because oh, it's they, got they the hole. It. That's the yeah. Yeah, yeah. They used it as uh, well, sort of like the 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 bayonet, but it wasn't a bayonet. Um, what they did was uh. uh which I kind of got a kick out of was they used it for um, to, to dispatch a guy that had gotten bit. Okay. And because what happens is when you you know according to this zombie apocalypse, which which is kind of funny because it doesn't. There's a lot of things that are scientifically doesn't make any sense. Like they're not afraid of staph infections. They're not, not afraid of. Some of these other things that that would be common in a, an environment where you're not washing for days. Um, apparently, let's see. Have you gotten far enough to understand? Have you been? Uh, you're I'm, watching. I'm on season like a, one, episode six. <laughs> okay, so you did they get to the CDC yet? Yeah, they're there right now, actually. Okay, so I, I can't I, tell I'm you. Not, yeah, I'm not. I, I'm not quite in there yet. But, okay, so but I here's can't tell you. That I can't tell you what okay. what is about to happen. You're gonna you're gonna see what is about to happen. There's a in the first in the first season they drop this bomb and it's right after uh, this bombshell thing that they they just figure out that I can't tell you what it is because I'll ruin it for you. Okay. But um, one of the things that they're that they're talking about is um, you know once once you die. You get bit. You go. You go through this. You get sick and you die. Well, I'm not understanding if it. If you just get a cut, why wouldn't you get it? You know, even if you get an infection, any kind of infection, you wouldn't get it. But well, maybe you have to anyway, get like bit by a zombie. Maybe yeah, it's something yeah, you in have their to get, saliva. Right now, or yeah, right now you have to get bit by bit by a zombie to catch it. Or or well, I can't tell you. Okay, so they they they're passing all these tanks. That um, that they don't just get in and start driving or deuce and a half trucks, right? And and they're leaving these big, huge, uh, you know, fifty cals and stuff. And and there's a lot of uh, weapons that like the soldiers have. Um, the only the only weapon he's grabbed from a soldier has been the uh, he grabbed a M9, right? Brought an M9 from the guy in the tank. But other than that, they're leaving these HKs and like uh, ARs and all this stuff just laying there. Like I'd grab every single one of those. Like right, well, at least the ammo. Yeah, and then well, and then like uh, you know they're freaked out when they they like give somebody a pistol or whatever and half a box of ammo. It's like, dude, it's all over the place. You just have right. to pick it up. You know, like, right? So that that didn't quite make sense. But well, there's there's certain things that that are, and and <clears throat> what's what's funny. And you'll get this when you go through all the different seasons is the fact that 
these guys grow as as the seasons progress. Now, I guess through the five seasons, you're talking about a time span of like two years. Okay. So you're not talking about five years. You're talking about two years of time span. Hmm. And um, and so that's what um, that's what's interesting about it is it is it's a it's oh you know. You think that it's over five years, they're surviving for five years, but they're only surviving for, for two years so far. And it looks like the like the zombies are actually, you know, they're more rotten than they were the first season. <laughs> they're way more rotten. Yeah. I mean rotten, like smelly rotten. Yeah. But but it is uh it is an interesting it is interesting to watch the the way people progress, and that's what the—that's really what the story is about. Is about how people adapt and change over a course of time, hmm. and how they become, uh, how they turn into things that they never thought were possible. Hmm. Like one of the characters they were talking about on uh, there's another show that follows up um, uh, The Walking Dead, and it's called The Talking Dead, and it's. Um, Usually they have like one of the, one or two of the stars of the show, or one of the writers, or um, and they they talk about what you know what they were thinking when they were doing the episode, what they were thinking when they wrote the episode, that kind of stuff. What what their impressions are, and they keep coming back to the fact that the whole point of it is to watch the evolution of the characters, watch how they change, watch how they start doing things that they never thought was possible. Like they just had a character that. That they just they just uh, um, they just killed off, and he was um, he was like a they called him a frustrated barista, <laughs> but he was the leader of this big group of people. Okay, but he was like like in the previous life he was like a frustrated barista, and so you so that's the I think that's kind of the funny part of the show is you is you start looking at when you run into a character you start thinking about what they did before the. Before the apocalypse, huh. you know the main character was a cop. You know he he he's a, so you kind of he he understands tactics and he understands guns that kind of stuff. But you know some of these other people are like, you know, completely different. You know they were probably living a they were like Walter Mitty before the the apocalypse. <laughs> all of a sudden they become the Superman or some superhero. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny because it's uh you know when you get thrust into into a role that you're not comfortable with, either you rise to the occasion or you die. Yeah, you know, and that's and I think that's the story here is, or that's the that's the entertainment is to watch watch these characters grow and change and develop. Well, you know, um, you know who my favorite character is because I I did watch like the first season like mm -hmm. years ago, mm -hmm. um, but now I'm rewatching it. And the first season I didn't really like him, but now he's my favorite character. Guess who? The guy with the crossbow. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, love Darryl. that guy. His big dirtbag. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he is. He. Yeah. He's. He's actually funny. I mean, I. I. I get a kick out of him. He's like the. Um. And and he. he they developed that character extremely well, because he like his first like the first time you see him in the show he's like freaking redneck, hillbilly, scumbag, drug addict, individual. I mean, selling meth, you know, I mean, you know, on a motorcycle. Yeah, he can't get any more scummier. Like, 
Yeah, he had his Harley in the back of the pickup. He was sure to like load that up and like drive it to the CDC. <laughs> he wasn't leaving. Uh, uh, yeah, Grace yep. and or it's, whatever. And it's he funny because it. <laughs> it doesn't get any. It doesn't get any seedier than that. And yet he becomes like a really a quintessential player in the show. Yeah, I, I uh, well, I, I'm and, curious to see what happened to his brother that hacksawed his wrist off. Don't tell me, but. His brother was kind of a scummy character too, so I, I'm even even more back. even um, more. Let's see, uh, uh, knife stuff. Uh, we, I'm, uh, I had a a few of the imp um, uh, blanks left. I'm finishing those out, but I wanted to give a shout out. Uh, there's a guy, he's uh, entering firefighter school, and uh, I I was just going to make all six of them and then release them. Uh, all at once and let people fight over him. But this guy, uh, he sent me a message that he's going to firefighter school. And uh, I decided that I'd give him number one. And I made it with, uh, I actually need to get out to the shop and finish it. But it's got um, about a seven degree flat grind with a convex edge on it. Um, and then it's got uh, the red pearl crinite with uh yellow liners like a fire truck. <laughs> nice. Yeah, nice. So and he gets he gets number 1 of the line. Um so I got to get out and do that. Um other news, I wanted to give a shout out to uh Corey Murphy and Mr. TM Hunt. They have my uh current batch of uh 31 items in their shop. They're going to do the heat treat cuz I think that they do a fantastic 01 tool steel uh heat treat and course you know tm hunt is the maker of the m18 as well as uh numerous other designs and he's actually got uh some pretty original stuff mm -hmm. um and he's one of the again he's if, if you want to know a guy that like literally started making knives like not that long ago and and is now busy enough to do it full time there's an example nice guy mm -hmm. you know nice guy gives people credit where credit is due um and does a good job and has some semi-original stuff. So, um, and by semi-original, I don't that I, that came out wrong. He has original stuff uh, that looks different than what other people are doing, and then he's got his own take on things like the M18 is a take on the tracker. That's what I meant by that. I didn't mean any disrespect there. Um, so I wanted to give a shout out to them, and I wanted to let Corey Murphy know that I am going to eat yet another Cuban sandwich tonight. Uh, and it's going to be fantastic because when I make them, I make, uh, everybody knows I uh, contract a pig every year. And uh, I took uh, one of the pork butts and smoked it. Uh, and then I get uh, a ham, usually. And so I have on my Cuban sandwich, it's a bread, uh, then uh, mustard, then smoked pork, then Swiss cheese, then ham. Or actually then, uh, so pork, pickles ham, Swiss cheese, mayo, and you press it in a uh, panini press, and I've got a photo of it, and I made my own uh, mojo sauce for it, uh, serve it with a little hot sauce, some fries, and you are good to go. But he he wanted me to check out this John Favreau movie named uh, Chef because it's got uh, Cuban sandwiches in it, so I decided to make him. Well, you know, uh, you know what I've been, you know what I ate for breakfast on. I ate this on Saturday morning, and I ate this this morning. Hmm. Two boiled eggs. Mm -hmm. That uh, uh, cured beef. 
Yeah. Um, cheese, Ferrano cheese. I don't. Did you ever have any of that Ferrano uh-uh. cheese? It's like the best freaking. It's like an aged Gouda. It's like a five-year-old aged. Gouda. Yeah, I'm. I'm a. I'm a big fan of Gouda. Oh my God, this is like. I mean, I, I gave some to Ethan Becker one time, and he was like, "Man, this is really good." And yeah. I, and I. And actually, we found some where and we were at PWIP, and um. Uh, Pirano cheese and uh, Granny Smith apple. Cool. And that was my breakfast. Two days, like Saturday and uh, this morning, that's what I ate for breakfast. Sweet. I love, I mean, that's like a, I guess like kind of like a European type, like a German breakfast, I guess. They, they would yeah, have they eat like mushrooms sausage and crazy and shit. Yeah, and yeah. sausage. And <laughs> yeah, they would, I would have like a salami or something. Yeah. Oh, hang on a second. That would have been my TV that was on pause since like six thirty. <laughs> it runs run the DVR up to zero, and then it just turns on. Listen, I gotta run. Uh, okay. I gotta go out and uh, finish that guy's knife. Uh, okay. What else you got? Anything else? Knife news? Mm, no, no. I think uh, I I used that imp this weekend. When oh I was yeah, ins- yeah. Insulation Sweet. up on the uh, ceiling. I was using it to trim the. Trim around the studs. Sweet. Well, if you need a touch-up on it or whatever, I'm happy okay. to do it. All right. Touch up the edge or whatever. Yeah. Oh, you know what I? You know what else I used too this weekend for on another project, and it was really kind of funny because it's a um, it's it's another bushcrafter knife that okay. was made by Condor. I, I think it's like a. It was like a. I don't. I don't even. Know it's the Bushlore, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. I have bucks. that. Yeah, yeah, it's, like, like, 40 it's like thirty or forty dollars, but they're made yeah. in like um, wherever. But yeah, that's a decent knife. Well, you know what's what's interesting about it is it's a it's a knife that is that gives you the ability to make a real knife out of it. Mm-hmm. Thirty five, <laughs> it's, it's thirty five bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you it can literally take a is, blank a, from is that. a knife kit. Yeah, you because can take it a is blank from that. It is so thick mm-hmm. that. Um, I mean, and it's not, uh, I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I don't know. I I don't want to cut it down too much because I don't want it to not sell because I think that if people buy this and they put it on a bell grinder, they can make a really good knife out of it. But <laughs> as it comes out of the box, it's it's really not a very useful critter. I mean, it's kind of well, like, like mine. Too, it's too thick. It's too, it's, it's way too, I don't know. Maybe I got one of the original ones that's really thicker than. Oh, yeah. Know. Yeah. I mean, mine is really thick. Mine is like, like a quarter inch thick. Huh. This the spine on mine is like a quarter inch thick. So, so I was using it, and I kind of dulled it up, you know, and and it, it, you know, it's probably not the best heat treat in the world. It's, you know, so I took it on, um, uh, on my belt sander, just to touch up the edge mm-hmm. with a, with eighty grit belt. <laughs> I was able, able to get a nice toothy edge, and was able to continue cutting what I was cutting. Nice. And and it was funny because it was like like okay, so um this would be a really good knife for somebody that wants to grind I mean for thirty five bucks you got a handle, mounted handle with a small belt grinder, you can turn that into a really nice, really, really nice knife. Well the other the other knife that uh Condor makes uh that's kind of similar is they make a Hudson Bay camp knife mm-hmm. that a lot of people are taking and modding. Because they sell them for nothing. 
mm-hmm. and it's like 1095. You get this big, huge heat-treated blank of 1095 that you can you can pimp, for lack of mm-hmm. a better word. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, Joe Flowers said, uh, told me not to buy a whole, because I was going to buy a whole bunch of them and just release them as mm-hmm. pimped, uh, pimp condors. But he said that they're actually going to release just the blanks with no handles and stuff. So you can do that. And it'd be even less money. Although I, although the, the main part would be having the uh, having the sheath, you know. Being right. able to sell it with a sheath. Um, but anyway, I digress. Yeah. Well, it, it's, it's kind of a, it's one of those knives that, that is a, um, it's a, it's a good value. If you're, if you have a modicum of talent, modicum, a, a modest amount of talent, you can make that a great knife. You know, out of the box, it does okay, but I, I think they're way, way too thick. Way, way, way too thick, but for 35 bucks, what the hell? Hmm. You know, I mean, what, what? I mean, it's probably the best $35 knife out there. <laughs> it's very damn good. <laughs> I know that sounds kind of funny, but, I mean, what do you compare it with? Pakistani shit? Yeah, I don't know. For 35 uh, bucks? Yeah, it's, uh, it'd be tough. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, that, anyway, I got to get out to the shop, so. All right, we're going to work. Talk to you later. We'll have a good day. And uh, if you have any questions, email us at podcast at knifejournal.com. Friend us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. Join us on the the website for some hot discussions about anything you want to talk about. And um, uh, knife makers out there, you want to make it big, don't insult us. (laughs) No, don't say that. There, uh, just be a nice guy. Don't you don't have to like us. In fact, yeah. you're probably better off not associating with us. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, just be nice to folks. Yeah, don't, don't get be drunk insulted. and make nasty messages on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, that's just silliness. That's just pure silliness. Anyway, yeah, we'll catch you on the flip flop. And uh, remember, guys, keep your knives sharp and your friends sharper. Have a good day. Goodbye. Bye.